now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health, fitness, and performance related. When something is in its prime, it is at its best. This includes us as humans. Are you ready to take on the world? Then join us on this journey to live life in your prime. Hey guys, welcome back to the Prime Podcast. And today, really excited, another special guest for you. Got my boy, Jamie Free, uh, who is a nutrition coach, a fellow gym owner down right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Known Jamie for a very long time. We played college football together. Seems like lifetimes ago. It was a lifetime ago. (laughs) A lot of pounds, a lot of of different things have happened since then. And uh, so I want to give a little have Jamie some opportunity to, to talk about his story, um, where he came from in terms of uh, health, nutrition, fitness, where he is right now, what's he doing and everything in between. So a quick, quick history and uh, then we'll move on from there. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me. Um, quick history. Honestly, I, I've been in sports my whole life. Um, obviously we played college football together, so you, you knew that. Um, but uh, after college, I, I kind of got lost. Um, I, I fell out of, you know, team fitness, which, which, you know, football is essentially team, team fitness, but fell out of that and into like more of the bodybuilding style stuff. And it's just, it's, it's just completely different. It's, it's a very lonely, like <laughs> singular kind of like way of working out. So um, I ended up starting to do nutrition around that time frame. Uh, I started managing a max muscle out in California and that's when it kind of began that fire to, to, to be more, to learn more. I, I wish I had done more in college in terms of, of, you know, science classes and whatnot, but I was a business major. So, um, not many science classes in those. No, no. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, for the last 13 years, I've been a nutrition coach. I have multiple certifications, um, you know, and I've probably for the last four and a half, five years, I've been a CrossFit gym owner or a co-owner. Um, and for the last eight years, I've been a competitor. So um, it's just kind of all over the board, um, all over the board, but straight line at the same time. Exactly. And we're going to talk about you as a competitor. If you, for you guys who might want to look Jamie up after this, was it two years ago when we had the open and you and they switched the, the standards? Yeah. To, I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm probably sure he's probably, probably salty about it a little bit. You know, it's funny. I talked to Dave Castro about it and I give him shit every time yeah. um, we talk. I'm like, hey, so it's nice that you're bringing it back to 20 this year. That would have been nice in 19. Yeah. And Jamie was the, he was the 20th. Yeah. 35 to 39 year old and then they changed the rules that they only brought the top 10 so jamie would have been a crossfit games competitor if they didn't change the standard that year and uh not not the probably best of memories for uh, no, his competitive such as life i mean yeah such as life things change and exactly. we gotta kind of roll with it exactly so um so he jamie had mentioned something that's you know like we talk about all the time you know we're you know we're getting closer to 40 jamie might are you 40 yet no no, I'm 38. 38. So we're pushing, we're getting closer and closer to that, that 40 mark. And we're talking, we're playing high college football, you know, almost, I tell people now, like we had graduated 15, 16, uh, 15 years, six, well, it'd be 16, 16 years ago. 16 yeah. years this year. 
Yeah, 16 years this year. And our last season of college football was the fall of 2004. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a long time ago. And the, the knowledge and information that we've gained from that time, right? And like he said, I wish I had taken more interest in my body and nutrition and all these different things. Like as, as college football players where, you know, people are having chicken, chicken nugget eating competitions and, and different things that are happening. Um, and just the knowledge that we have uh, now is so much different um, and would have probably benefited us a great deal. Uh, back in that time. Oh, absolutely. I tell my kids, I train youth athletes, uh, baseball, football, hockey. And um, I tell them all the time, I'm like, if I knew when I was your age, what I know now, what I'm trying to teach you, I would have been exponentially better at sport, just sport in general. Yeah, 100%. I I, I was having this conversation with one of my high school age athletes too. And I was like, you have all the information that I've been teaching, coaching and doing for the last like 17 years, like you're mm-hmm. getting all of the best of that right now, because you found me at this particular time, like t- right time, right place type of thing. Yeah. You have all the best of all the information I've ever had. And you're getting it. Yeah, don't take it for granted. Exactly. Don't take it for granted. You have opportunities, great opportunities right now. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that that I did want to talk about, like you said, you're a nutrition coach. Um, mm-hmm. Nutrition coaching is for the and for the most part, you do you know, you don't, like you said, team fitness, but you don't do like team nutrition coaching. Like you do more like individualized coaching, correct? Yeah. So I do the nutrition wise, everything is broken out personally and, and individualized because there's no two people that are the same. So I wouldn't send out the same program to anyone. You know, if anyone gets the same program, then I'm doing them a, dis, uh, a disservice. Right. So it's individualized mm-hmm. in terms of their, their nutrition plan mm-hmm. and program. Absolutely. Yeah. And one, and one time before I was, you know, felt comfortable doing some nutrition stuff, you know, early on in my, my days, I had a personal training client who I still work with, who I referred Jamie to him and he worked with him for a little bit. And, you know, like, and I knew Jamie wasn't cheap. And if you are getting an individualized program, which some people promote, but they don't actually give you individualized programs, things are not cheap. So then how would you, you know, as a, as a consumer or as a person who's looking to, you know, get nutrition counseling or guidance or coaching or personal training or whatever that might look like, how can they navigate this, this onslaught of information that they get from social media and find somebody like you who might be able to help them and give them an actual like individualized, personalized approach that will actually benefit them in the long run? Like what kind of advice would you give? That's the biggest issue that I see these days is actually social media causes so much confusion. Um, there's so much misinformation out there and people just because they have abs, they decide that they're going to sell nutrition they're going to do, uh, personalized plans for people. And it's really just something that someone wrote for them that they keep sending out, you know, and it, if you're following something that's built for something, someone else, then you're really not doing yourself any justice uh, or you're not, you're not allowing yourself to reach your potential because nothing is built for you at that point. So, um, in terms of the people that I, I look to, um, Lane Norton is one of the guys that I look at. Um, I think he puts out science-based information. If anyone says it's science and doesn't back it up with information, it's not science-based information. So, so you said Lane Norton? Lane Norton, yeah. L-A-N-E? L-A-Y-N-E. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great resource. He's been doing it for a very long time. He's also an incredibly strong individual. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. 
But um, and, and there's a few others that I, just off the top of my head, I, I can't really like put the put the places uh, put their names together. But I mean, I feel like the majority of stuff that you're going to read is is not the people that are flashy and standing there with their shirts off. It's the people that you know put good information out and let you know about food and about not not about product. It shouldn't be about supplements. It should be about the service that they are providing. For sure. Yeah. So finding somebody who is, if you are looking on the social media front, like not just chasing, you know, those, those fitness influencer model type Mm -hmm. figures, but people who are actually have some information that they're talking about and it makes, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to be, you know, nutrition isn't necessarily flashy. No, it's not, it's not going to be your quote unquote, like sexiest, uh, avenue of doing things because like, just like many things in, in fitness and Jamie can attest to it, being a high level competitor, being an athlete, being in the industry for a long time now is that consistency is going to win out hundred out of hundred times. Absolutely. Right. So if you're looking to spend money, you know, like what would you, if you're trying to, let's say, let's take weight loss first, and then we'll go into different avenues. We'll go, we'll talk about maintenance. We'll talk about performance. We'll talk about some different things, but like we're talking weight loss, and that's my, my main thing. Kind of like where, where would you invest your money in first? Like, would you invest it in a, in a training program or a nutrition program or, or somebody to help me with nutrition? Where would you, I mean, this is kind of like a loaded question. But where it would you... it, it's one of those questions where it's like, it's like chicken or the egg for some people. Cause everyone's going to look at this differently. Right. You know, it's easier for people to focus on that one hour in the gym. All right. They get to the gym, they got it focused there and they're in there. All right. So they get that hour done that leaves 23 other hours in the day and they don't focused on those 23 hours. That's the big portion. They're focused on that one hour. So they're like, Hey, I got this down. Once that's a habit, then you can start focusing on sleep, hydration, and nutrition. Those, those are going to be way more important. That's where I would sink my money. in if I was starting over, is how do I sleep better? How do I get better hydrated? And how do I eat better? Because that's 85% of it. That's going to, that is literally, that literally will impact your body more than going to the gym on a daily basis. And I, w- I would agree with you uh, 100%. I, I think I just, somebody had po- posted another, uh, something that was like going to the gym is like 4% of your day or something like yeah. that. Like if you're in the gym yeah. for one hour, it's only 4% of your actual day to day activity. Whereas yeah. Jamie just said the other 23 hours of your day are your eating, right? Your, your day-to-day kind of like activity, what they call as neat, right? That mm-hmm. non-exercise activity. I just say time because it makes more sense to people. Your non-exercise activity time. Mm-hmm. And then your sleep, your hydration, all the other kind of stuff. So those are the things that, you know, like Jamie was saying, if you wanted to go all in, those are the things to kind of do first. Yeah, and then those are the things you're going to impact that are going to impact results fastest in terms of like long-term if that makes sense. I know it says fastest and long-term at the same time, but really what we're looking at is, you know, over an eight week span, if you go to the gym every day and do nothing else, you may see some results. If you eat right and sleep well every day, you are going to get exponentially better results. Yeah. I I like that comparison a lot, you know, going to the, like, you know, because people get discouraged and I think, um, and James, I think it's James and James Clears or, or somebody posted recently, or I've been reading in a book. I'm, my mind's all over the place. But in terms of when you see results, that's kind of like your motivation, mm-hmm. right? So if I go to the gym for eight weeks, 
and I see some really small marginal gains, you're like, well, that was, you know, that was a waste of eight weeks. Exactly. You know, I thought I would see more progress. I step on the scale and, and maybe I gained a little weight because now I just built some muscle, but I didn't lose any fat, mm-hmm. you know, so it's even more discouraging. But what Jamie is saying is that like 80% of this, if you can change the 80% and, and, and see huge results in that eight week, that's going to be even more motivation to maybe like hit the gym and, and, and progress it. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, and it's a tiered thing. So it's not like you can do everything all at once because the majority of, of humans can't wholesale change. It has to be in steps. So that's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to, if you're invested in this process, understand that it's going to be a eight to 12 to, you know, 16 week process of you making adjustments to get to the point where you're going to see great results. Awesome. I like the wholesale change. So like, so now I can't make a wholesale change. So like, what would, if I'm, if you're a nutrition, if you're my nutrition coach, mm-hmm. what might be the, the first, the first step that you might give somebody to, to attack instead of, let's say, Hey, you got to track macros and we got to be really specific and we got to, mm-hmm. you know, do nutrient timing and we have to do this and that and the other thing. Like these are very, you know, complex things for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm new. Like, I don't know anything about nutrition. Um, I'm coming to you for help. Might what might be like our first step along with you? So basically what I want to do is make sure that I understood what you're currently doing. And and you may not really grasp what that is if you're if you're completely new, but understanding like when you eat most often, what if you're snacking and how many calories you're currently taking in and I can calculate that based on what the answers are. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding where you are now is going to get us to where you want to go in a better time frame. So after, after I understand and I ask, I get a health history and I get, um, you know, what food allergies and things like that. I go, I go into that first, go into the schedule. Cause I've also found that if you change the food and the schedule, it's an absolute disaster. Like the schedule, like when people eat, like when they eat. Yeah. Okay. So I worry less about that than I worry about the components of meals. So the key to, to, to weight loss or weight gain or whatever you're looking to do is balance and your body is constantly searching for it. So if you can get your body to homeostasis, give it, give it that nice, you know, flat line and keep your blood sugar steady, then we can start impacting how your body fuels itself and how we manage to, you know, burn fat, uh, build muscle, whatever the goal is. Right. But the basics of that is what are you doing now? What are the steps that we need to get you to do like X? So, and and everyone's different at that point. Now you had mentioned, uh, not changing. So just changing like one thing at a time and changing instead of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make sure we eat at this time. We're going to make sure we do Mm -hmm. this meal. So just attacking like your meal, the, the makeup of your meal, like the components of your meal, that mm-hmm. would be like the first kind of step after Absolutely. you figure out kind of what's happening. Okay. You're eating, uh, you know, bologna sandwiches with white bread for lunch every day. Like mm-hmm. what is, what do we do now? You know, so then we got to kind of change some of those components. So like what components do you look for in a meal that would make up a, a complete meal or what would we classify as a quote unquote healthy meal? Like what components are we looking for? Well, it depends on, on the client and the meal time. Um, and again, I'm not worried about timing of meal. I'm worried about like order of meals. Um, so if I'm looking at like 
you know, I look at food as the, there's five different types. Um, there's protein, there's good fats, and then there's three types of carbs. And the reason there's three types of carbs and and what I do is that each three impact your blood sugar differently. Mm -hmm. So we have slow burning carbohydrates, which are your starchy carbs, your potatoes, your rices, things like that, that are going to kind of spike you, but kind of level you off a little bit energy wise too. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have your fast burning carbohydrates that spike initially and then drop you really fast if you obviously don't couple them properly with other foods. Uh, and then you have your fibrous carbs, which are your vegetables, your fiber that's you know going to be more about satiation and moving things along than, than anything else. So looking at those components, and, and that's how you couple meals together. So if I'm looking at someone who's trying to lose weight, you know, every meal, say, say we do three meals a day and they have, you know, 1800 to 2200 calories, just, just as a rough ballpark, yep. I'm going to fit those, those calories in three meals. Uh, I want the body to digest food. I don't want it to have to, to, to digest constantly. I want three times it's going to digest the rest of the time. It should be fixing itself. It should be doing what the body's meant to do. Um, so then like if it's the morning, I'm going to have all five components. Because we want consistent energy, we want satiation, we want blood sugar balance, we want all that stuff. As we build towards the, the, the midday, we'll probably pull out some fast burning carbs. Again, this is very broad and it's yeah, really it's really more for like a weight loss type program. But yep. we're going to pull out the fast burning carbs. So we want less of an insulin spike. We don't need that much energy for the remainder of the day. We just need to, you know, keep that blood sugar steady and make sure we're not hungry. We need to be satiated. Uh, and then finally at dinner, we'll do, you know, double up on the fibrous carbs, lose the slow burning carb. If someone's, you know, depending on body fat and you know, where, where they are on that, um, I'll pull out the slow burning carb and, you know, if they need more calories, I'll double up on, on protein or, or a fat at that point to make the calories work. Nice. So that, is that what you mean by like the order of meals? Like that's how you order your meals up? It's essentially, it's, it's like a daily carb cycle rather than a weekly carb cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows your body to utilize the, the, the hormones from insulin spikes and things like that earlier in the day. So you can actually utilize them rather than sitting on them. For sure. And if you did it in later in the evening, potentially you're less active, you're watching TV, you're doing whatever, and you're probably just hanging out. There's no point in having all that extra, extra available sugar and well, yeah, energy. There's- there's only so much glycogen that we can store in the muscles. So once we, once we're full on the muscles, we, the, the liver processes it as fat. So we don't want to store fat. We want to make sure that we give our body just enough of what it needs and then no more. For sure. And then you had talked about, um, like giving your body, like really only doing like three square meals and then like giving your body a chance to digest. So does that mean like I shouldn't be snacking or snacking is not like recommended? Because we have a lot of people who are like, oh, I need to snack. I need to snack. I need to snack. And like people like they end up throughout the day, like yeah. their 10 snacks equal like two full meals. Well, the biggest issue I have with snacking is not the snacking itself. I mean, I think that if it's timed properly, you don't really have to worry about it. Uh, and some people need those calories more than others. Mm-hmm. So depending on the individual, I have no problem with snacking. But what it comes down to is if you're constantly grazing throughout the day, your body's constantly digesting, blood's constantly being pushed into the stomach to make sure the food is digested. What, what are you, I mean, that's where, you know, you start to get those like afternoon sleeps where you're mm-hmm. like, oh man, I need, I could sleep at my desk right now. Like 
I eat three meals a day. I don't have those. Like I don't get afternoon like downtime. So like I have the right components in my meals to make sure that my blood sugar stays steady and I don't lose energy. Awesome. And I think, I think that's, that's for a lot of people, we've, we've been fed this idea that like six small meals or five (laughs) smaller meals are going to be better than three. You know, I've been, I've been working on, you know, some of my own clients and people who I work with that saying like, Hey, we just need to eat like three square meals and just like, that's it. And get all, like you said, get all the nutrients and people are like, well, you know, I do this, this, and the other thing. And then when I sit at, sit down at night. I'm like, I'm starving. You know, like we had talked about off the air just a little bit about, you know, like people who are under eating, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, you, they, you know, somebody had recommended that you have 1800 calories. And then I was like, well, 1800 calories. That's I'm normally eating 3000 maybe plus. Yeah. So like what's 1800 calories going to do for me? And then we have people who I have, and I'm sure you have had this too, people who come in and I'm like, Hey, give me a, you know, give me a journal of your last three, three, three days. Let me see what you got going on. And they're like, yeah, I barely hit a thousand calories for the last three days. I'm like a thousand calories. That's like, that's nothing. What do you mean you barely hit a thousand calories? And then, you know, you start thinking about that and like how prevalent and there's this idea of like this scarcity of food or this under eating idea and like how detrimental is it to your goals, whether that's weight loss, performance, whatever that might be, like how, like how often do you see folks who are, they come in who are under eating, they're trying to lose weight. So they're like, I'm just going to starve myself. Well, and then I'm, I mean, I they think don't see anything. a lot of the times what it comes down to for, for people who are restricting that much, it, there is a breaking point, you know, and then they'll blow it out on a weekend. So the weekend, their five days are they're let's just say 500 calories under. And then the weekend, they're 3,000 calories over. Right. So you're, and I'm, the hard part is I don't want to, I would never say one meal is any reason why a nutrition plan goes wrong. For sure. It's, it's the consistent blowing out of calories. If you eat more calories than you burn, you will gain weight. If you eat less calories than you burn, you will lose weight, theoretically. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's understanding that if you restrict during the week too hard, you eventually you're just going to blow it out. You're going to say F it. And I'm going to, I'm just going to eat what I want. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's people's issue. Uh, and I see too many people that, especially our ages or, you know, anyone from like, let's just say 25 and up that I see, it's like, man, how do you even survive on some of these calorie levels you're trying to eat? Because, you know, you're 250 pounds and you're eating a thousand calories. Like that's not even, I don't even know how you function, you know, and you can't lose weight if your body, if your metabolism is adapting to a lower calorie level, you can't lose weight if your metabolism adapts to a higher calorie level either, but it's just finding that right balance. And I think that's where having a professional come in and step in and and talk to you about that and find that for you is going to be the key. Uh, I have a phenomenal amount of clients that, um, that are so skeptical when I give them way more calories than they're used to. And then all of a sudden in two, four, six weeks, they're like, I can't believe I've lost 10 pounds. Yeah. That's, and I think that's, and, and when you're saying like that, people, your metabolism adjusts, right? So obviously our bodies are highly adaptable, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're consuming 1200 calories over and over again, when we should be consuming maybe like 2000. Yeah. Like what, what, what kind of internal processes or things that kind of happen that 
where we adjust and then it makes it actually harder to lose weight or harder to do whatever our goal, you know, might be limiting us to getting to our goals. Well, I mean, you touched on a little bit with the scarcity, um, the food scarcity and, and, and how you're, you know, taking in less than you should. So that makes it essentially your body will adapt to that. So it slows everything down. So it drops the metabolism down a little bit. You won't be burning as much calories. It actually starts burning muscle off too. So you're not even, you're losing muscle at that point, which burns more calories than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where at some point your body, the body, human body is probably one of the most amazing pieces of machinery that's ever been, ever been seen. Sure. And, and people abuse <laughs> these machines and it's, it, it frustrates me immensely. Um, but I mean, it, it, it will adapt to wherever you are. And if you're constantly overeating your carbohydrates or processed sugars or things like that, it's going to store what it can as fat because it doesn't know when it's going to get the rest. Exactly. And in terms of, um, Oh, I just kind of had a little little snippet there. I lost lost my train of thought. But uh, in terms of like where we're when we're talking with people, and, and you're talking about burning muscle. How when I equate like burning muscle to people is that like muscle? If we're out of like a bank account, like muscle is the most expensive mm-hmm. right thing for us to maintain on our body. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that it's going to get rid of, like if we're kind of balancing our checkbook, and your body's like looking for something, like hey we need to get rid of something that costs a lot of money here. Like this, this subscription service that we have for our muscle needs to go (laughs) and we need to get rid of this. Um, So when we're in, if we're coupling, if we're trying to have a weight loss program and we're coupling it with weight training or some sort of strength training, and we're trying to gain muscle Mm -hmm. and trying to lose fat with our nutrition and we're, and we're, we're limiting ourselves so much. uh, It's kind of like a, we're, we're, we're constantly battling ourselves because we're not able to really produce and, and create more muscle, which is like you said, it creates more, requires more calories, helps us mm-hmm. eventually burn more fat, but then I'm restricting myself. So my body's like looking for ways, things to get rid of so I can have a lower BMR, mm-hmm. right? So I can just sustain stuff. Is yeah. it that accurate? Would you say? That is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, BMR is an interesting thing. Um, a lot of people confuse BMR with RMR. Um, and really, I, I don't, you're not going to get a lot of people on BMR because you can't test them when they're essentially doing nothing and not consuming any food. Right. So it's very difficult to find that number. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, RMR is a little bit easier to calculate. Um, and can, I can use, you define the differences between the two for people? Uh, so the basal metabolic rate is essentially when, you know, if you did nothing all day, you laid in bed you would burn X amount of calories, right? RMR is more at body at rest. So normal daily, the, like if you did nothing, but like what you normally do, no extra working out, no extra activity, that's essentially your RMR. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be a little higher than your BMR. So I think that's where people get kind of confused there um, because there's more function going on during that time frame than the BMR would. But um, then you add in, I mean, obviously you understand this, uh, you add in the, the you know, the uh, daily, the neat, you add in the, the workout uh, energy that, that you burn, you add in all that stuff. And that's what factors into your totally caloric burn. 
Um, but the BMR and the RMR are the starting point. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, I think, like you said, it's important for people to realize is because, you know, there are a lot of different things that are happening. So even if you do, you know, find out what your BMR, R, RMR are and things like that, there's still other factors, right? So like that can't be the only part of the equation, the only part of the thing. That's why like people are like, oh, my BMR is 1200 or whatever. They get it from some math form there or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have 1200. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but what about all the other stuff? You're, you're a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, you're a, you're a waitress. Mm-hmm. You walk over, you take 12,000 steps a day walking around every, you know, yeah. like, so there's a whole lot more calories happening there and that you're not factoring in that your body needs to kind yeah. of keep things at what Jamie was talking about before at homeostasis. Yeah. So we need a whole lot of stuff to make that happen. And then if you weight train and do some other stuff, then there's way more other things that go into it. Well, and we've had it beaten into our heads that less will get us less, more weight loss is the less we eat, the, the, the more weight will come off. And, and that's just, that's, that's probably one of that six meals a day, um, fasted cardio, uh, is the only way to lose fat. I mean, there's so many myths out there that, that are still hurting people. I mean, it's almost, it's almost to the point where it's negligence on anyone that's saying these things because you're actually doing more damage than good. For sure. And then I think a lot of people who, who are under eating so, so much, mm-hmm. they end up in these positions where they end up like you said, like this negligence, but they also end up damaging their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you don't, you can get injured, right? Or in most, a lot of people who are doing that, like you said, they're doing fasted cardio, they're doing crazy weight training. They're just like, the weight's not coming off. Mm-hmm. You know, they get shin splints, they get muscle injuries, they get bone injuries because they're, they're essentially malnourished. Yeah. And that's just the physical stuff. I mean, you're talking, you can also talk adrenal fatigue. You can talk about metabolic damage. I mean, those are things that, you know, rehab for those take, exponentially longer. And have you ever worked with the clients that have, have had those situations? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult to change their mindset. Cause most of them are so, I hate to say, I hate to say use this word, but they're so damaged by the industry mm-hmm. that they, they, they're almost not willing to listen anymore. You know, and you really have to hammer home like, hey, we got to feed you. We got to give you these things to make sure that your body can can fix itself. Yeah. And and, and it will. And that's it. And that's the Jamie hit at this before, too, that like the human body is a, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And the things that it will do to survive and heal and whatever mm-hmm. is just remarkable. And and we get, you know, for like we get in our own way sometimes by by ruining it with mm-hmm. poor choices you know whether that's you know we've all been there at certain times you know like in college i'm sure you know we both kind of <laughs> drank a little bit more than we probably should have and ate some things we probably but you know we've been 15 plus years out of that and our bodies are you know for the most part in a pretty good position right we've changed our lifestyles a little bit we've become adults we eat healthy we exercise and train and we do all these sorts of things and we're both we both own gyms and we're both helping people guiding them on their, their health journeys and are, we are living it ourselves as well. Exactly. And, um, I don't trust anyone who talks about health, wellness, nutrition that doesn't actually do it. Like I get having a meal here and there, but if all you are posting about is these massive, like crazy meals that you're eating out, Oh, I can eat this. And, and I still have my apps. Let, listen, man, that's not everyone. Yeah. There's some people have to grind harder than other people. I'm one of them. Yeah, me too. 
So, I mean, I, I could easily bounce. I mean, I remember when I first opened my, my nutrition store, uh, I think it was like 2009, 2010, I was 22% body fat. And I'm like, I looked back at some of the journals I had because I write everything down I eat and I journal about everything. Um, I look back, I'm like, how did I even, how did people even listen to me? Yeah. You know, I mean, right now I sit between six and, and nine, depending on the day. And like people listen to me because I lived that lifestyle. I have no idea why they listened to me before. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's the norm, right? We, we've had this conversation in, in, in our gym here is that like trusting people who don't do the thing that you're doing, you know, like when we have doctors who smoke and who tell me mm-hmm. not to smoke and we have people who are doing this and tell me not to do this. It's kind of like they're contradictory. Absolutely. I got before we, I got a question about body fat because this has come up before. And for whatever reason, like no matter how lean or how vascular I am, you, do you do, do, how do you test your something in body or how do you test it? So I have an in body, I have calipers. Um, there's a bod pod close to me. Um, so I, I kind of use multiple, I've, I've done hydrostatic testing. I've done it all. Yeah. So when you, when, so like I, I can, I can never get under 10. So I've seen you, I've seen pictures of you and that's, <laughs> that's super surprising. No, but my in-body never says I'm under 10. I can't figure it out. That's crazy. What, what in-body do you have? Uh, 270. That's what I have. Yeah. Um, I can never get under 10. I, 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 the only time I've ever been, I've been under 10 once. And when I tell you like, I was like Marcus Philly vascular. Yeah. Like, like you said, he was eating (laughs) muscle eating your skin. Yes. (laughs) And I couldn't, and that was a tough place for me to be. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to maintain that. Now I'm sure if you calipered yourself, you were probably at like three to four. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't, I've not haven't, I don't even have calipers here. I should probably get invest in a pair. You know, I, I bought a pair and, and not, not a crappy pair. I bought like a $200 pair. Mm-hmm. And I've had them for 10 years. I mean, they're worth it, but yeah, for sure. I, I only caliper certain clients because I, I work from home now. So yeah. my office is in my house and I don't, I don't need people stripping down into their skivvies in my house. Right. <laughs> so I, but if you're looking to get like a, a more, a more accurate and specific yeah. thing for, especially for, you know, I think that that's still probably, even though it's an old school, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes old school is the best school, right? You get some. I mean, seven, really spot, seven spot caliper testing is, is pretty accurate. Now it obviously doesn't do any visceral fat. Um, cause you can't really test around organs, but you know, if you want something that's like the gold standard, it would be a DEXA scan. Right. But we don't have any of those around here that, that I can just hop in. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about fat loss and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of general public, um, now we could just talked about before, like you've been a you've been a competitor, a high mm-hmm. level competitor, um, uh, for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. You work with you know teams and sports and athletes. Mm-hmm. I work with athletes as well. I've been working with high school age athletes for a long time, and I think one of the one of the things that I struggle with the most is helping those that population kind of figure it out. And I think that one of the reasons why is because it isn't always about them making the decisions, but their, their parents who are feeding mm-hmm. them making mm-hmm. those decisions. Um, so what, what, what kind of stuff do you do? Um, I guess we'll start there. What, what differences do 
high-performing athletes need versus a general population person? We'll start there. Like, what are the differences in, in nutrient profiles or what are we looking for more of? And what do you find to be the most efficient in like a high school, college athlete uh, nutrition setup? I mean, I think it, it's it's difficult to to say one thing because I have two brothers that I work with that, you know, one's 148 pounds and the other one's 210 pounds and 6'3". And just an absolute monster, you know, so like giving them the same thing would be like, would be absurd. So, um, also knowing their backgrounds would be key. Like, were they, you know, a little thicker when they were younger or they always been lean? Is that the biggest issue? Are they not eating enough? What are they currently doing? What's their capabilities? Um, I'm very lucky that I, at this point, I'm able to pick and choose my clients and I Uh don't have to work with just anyone. I work with the kids that actually want it. For sure. Um, and it, and it's, it's, I'm, I will tell you, I'll be the first person to tell you that I am, I'm very, very lucky. Um, because most people do have to take on whomever. Uh, and that, that can get a little bit frustrating at times. Um, but I mean, it's, it's hard because I've worked with some professional athletes that these guys, I've had one, I had one guy that's like, got it. He just, he took it and he ran with it and we put, he was an NBA guy and he, he put on 30 pounds in a summer and he, wow. he was a like six eleven, So he didn't even know he put on 30 pounds, but he put on 30 pounds. Yeah. Six, 30 pounds on a six eleven is a little different than 30 pounds on five, eight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, and then there's guys like, uh, I, I worked with the, um, uh, the Dansby Swanson, uh, and he just wanted everything done for him. So he was like, all right, I need the meal sent to me. I need this. And I'm like, well, that's not what I do, but I can get someone to do it for you. So it's, it's a different world with those guys. Uh, I've worked with offensive linemen and they have different profiles than, than D backs and quarterbacks and linebackers, um, baseball players. I worked with a catcher and I, he ate a lot. We, I got him to eat. I mean, they're high level athletes. Their output is is different than a high level football player. Mm-hmm. Um, like the football players train differently. It's just, that's just the way it is now. Should they probably not, but you know, I mean, baseball players should up their game a little bit. And I think they have over the, over the last probably 10 years, but um, the output's just different. So it's, it's calculating what the output is and, and making sure they're getting enough because recovery is key. And I think, you know, even if we're talking general population and under eating, we're talking, talking high performing athletes, it's still, it's still to make sure we're getting enough, right? We're making sure we're getting enough food, whether to maintain homeostasis for a general population person or that weight loss, or that we're aiding in recovery for a, a, a performance athlete. Well, and it has to, like I work with, I've been lucky enough to work with some CrossFit Games athletes and man, the, the stuff they don't know is is a is is crazy to me because like i had some guy a guy that was eating training six, they train like six to eight hours a day i mean it's crazy uh i mean i train an hour and i'm eating three thousand calories so um but like eating under three thousand calories or not knowing what you're putting in your body or just taking it because someone gave it to you i'm just like man you, you really need to understand how to work out based how to fuel yourself based on intensity. So I built out a program for one of my athletes that was hundred percent intensity based. So we had a baseline calories that he had to hit every day, no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
and then built up based on what the output was. So if it was just a, an active recovery day, he added X amount of calories. If it was a, you know, two session a day, it was at, you're adding X and Y. And then if it was a three session where they had like multiple stuff going on, it was X, Y, and Z. So he ended up getting like 4,500 calories at the end on, of the day. On like a double Metcon day or something like yeah, that? Yeah, on a double Metcon day. But it was like five uh, or 550 grams of carbs or more. I mean, he was a carb driven athlete. So, and I've worked with guys that are more, more fat driven athletes. So we drop the carbs down and we fill those calories in with fat. I mean, it's, it's all dependent on output and how your body reacts. Right. Sorry. I talk a lot on this. I just, I can nerd out on this. I love this stuff. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. I, I think that's, it's important for people to understand that there's so much that goes into it. A lot of people think like, Oh, I'm just going to eat you know, this, that, and the other thing, and it's just going to be there, you know, yeah. and like, or, you know, there's, there's actual science behind like, Hey, if I eat this food with this food, mm -hmm. it makes it better. If I cook it this way, it changes mm -hmm. the nutrient profile a little bit versus this way. If I fry it versus bake it or versus yeah. saute it, you know, so all these things do matter a little bit. Well, especially for, for your high level athletes, or even college athletes. I mean, if I knew, like I said, if I knew about nutrition, what I knew like now, then I, I think it would have been a different story and, and I had fun and I enjoyed college football. It was a blast. And I think I mentioned this in a group that I was talking to. I was like, honestly, I, I wish I had allowed myself to enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. But if I had known how to fuel myself properly for, for practice, for games, I think I would have been less injured. I would have been more explosive. I would have had more energy throughout. Um, and it would have, I don't know. I, and if I trained the way I train, I'm stronger now than I was in college. 100%. So, I mean, like, I feel like what we didn't know, we obviously couldn't do, but like that, that kind of hurt us. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, like they said, that the, the youth is wasted on the young type of thing. And like, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, what we're in, we have great opportunities now, mm -hmm. you know, to help the young folks who, or even like the other performance clients that we have or general population clients that we have to give them the information that we've accumulated over the years that we've kind of wish we did have a lot of trial and error for sure. I mean, and you know, that's, that's always the tough part about like, then how do we, how do we give it? And that's kind of interesting that we, I just talked about this with my, uh, my friend Shante, we, we were on the podcast. We did a podcast yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to crank them out right now. Um, and she was talking about, uh, like pricing people out of like wanting to work. So she had said like when she first started, her prices were very low. Mm -hmm. And then as she's gotten more experience over the last 10 years or so, like her price point is a certain point where there's only a certain type of person who comes and wants to work with her because everyone else is kind of priced out of that. Yeah. And you had said you get to, you're at a point now where you get to choose kind of who you work with. Is mm -hmm. it? because you priced them out or just because of like you're in a financially comfortable position where like, I don't need all of these clients or I can, I can pick and choose kind of where I'm at with that stuff. Well, I mean, I think it, it I'm at a price point where less clients is, is my lifestyle and my wife and my house and all that stuff is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, for, for the majority of, of, people that I work with that aren't 
going to my gym or referrals, it's, you know, for eight weeks, it's $680. Right. You know, and that's, that includes meetings every two weeks. That includes, a, that includes a lot of stuff and it includes personalization and walking people through eating out. But, you know, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Right. And, and that's and what, I, what I think people don't, don't realize is when they, they do get some sort of individualized thing, like this really high touch, uh, like client experience, mm-hmm. right? You're there with them. Like you have meetings with them. You walk through how to like order food when you go to a restaurant, you, you know, individualize their plans. You have different things, you know, um, it's going to cost money. Yeah. You know, and I think people were like, Hey, you know, and, and this is one of the things that we, we, we battle with, you know, like the, the trainer, you know, Hey, I want to do personal training. Okay. It's, it's $85 a session. Well, the trainer down the street does it for 20. I'm like, okay, so go to the trainer down the street for 20. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like I can't give you an hour of my time for 20 bucks. No. And, and, and expect and you also, you shouldn't expect that that's going to be a, a great experience for you. Like if I can go and get a, a nutrition plan off the internet for, for 30 bucks or 50 bucks, and that's my template that I use for the rest of my life, it's not going to be as good as yeah. getting a, a individualized high touch service like Jamie's offering, you know, eight week. Yeah. It might seem like a lot of money, but if that changes your life and gets you in the path of health, fitness, wellness, whatever that is, is it really that much money? Well, and that's the thing where it really comes down to is if, if I'm doing my job, you don't need to keep paying me. Like I'm supposed to educate you. I'm supposed to give you the tools that you, you need so you can move forward without me. And, and I'm always going to be here. If you want to get a check-in, you know, we could always do those things. But if I'm doing my job, I'm not, this is not a subscription service. So, you know, you're, it's a one-time payment for the rest of your life rather than being like, all right, well, I'm just going to pay a hundred dollars a month for, you know, the rest of my life. And all of a sudden you're, you're down, you know, $20,000. Yeah. And you, you, you know, like you said, you want to educate and give tools so people can be empowered to mm-hmm. kind of like have some autonomy and take ownership of their, their own thing. Absolutely. Right. Because that's really what it comes down to. Because at the end of the day, like we, you know, he said he can get you, like people ask me all the time, like, can you just come and meal prep for me and do all this for me? It's like, no, why would I like, how is that like going to help you in yeah. any way? Other than like for that two weeks where I meal prep for you, like you're going to be eating pretty good and you're going to be eating your meals. Then after that, then what? Well, yeah, it's the teaching aspect that, that gets people beyond that point. And I think there's too many people that are scared of losing clients. So they, they, they withhold and they pull back and they, they don't give everything that they can because they're like, all right, well, if I can keep this guy for, you know, six to 12 months, then I'm going to be making this. I'm like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about making sure this eight weeks is the best eight weeks for you. Yeah. Keeping the secret sauce, keep it, keep it, keep it behind. And the shit, the the thing about it is there's no secret. Like this information (laughs) should be for everyone. Um, but you know, it's, it's not. Yeah. And I think that mismanagement, like we were talking about in the beginning, like that social media and these fitness gurus or influencers are giving out so much um, bad information that it becomes yeah. more and more difficult, especially now with the prevalence of social media and this mm-hmm. idea of a fitness influencer has kind of changed what people are getting in their, in their day-to-day information. Yeah. And it's, it's becoming harder and harder to battle 
because like, you know, I'll get, you know, members of our gym will send me DMs or text messages to be like, Hey, did you see this, this meme? Or did you see this person post this? And this person, and I'm like, well, I don't follow all those people no. because why would I follow somebody who I don't like respect? You know, I'm not going to value what their information is and their, and their information isn't even like good. Like if I'm going to go on somebody and like, yeah, maybe one out of a thousand posts is like actually makes sense. Yeah. Like why am I following that person? I'm a hundred percent behind that. I, I follow under, I try to keep it under two uh, under 300 people. Nice. And it only needs to be people that if they're, if my, I look down my feet, I'm not, I'm either entertained laughing or I'm educated. Yeah. Because otherwise what's the point? I mean, people use social media for, for likes and clicks and whatnot. I, I use it for, for business stuff, but mostly just, you know, looking for a little bit of inspiration every once in a while. For sure. And on uh, Jamie, is that ha- always, was that every Tuesday you do like your little tasty Tuesdays? Yeah. Yeah. And there's some good recipes on there. I've, I've tried a couple of them um, and probably more than a couple and they're, they're, they're very good. And he'll have like the macro profile on there. He'll have all the different stuff. And, and usually they're very, they are very tasty. Many of them. Very good. I try. I try. Yeah. A lot of those, if it's baked goods, it's usually my wife that makes them. If it's, uh, if it's cooked, it's usually mine. That's kind of how our household runs too. I do all the cooking. <laughs> exactly. all the awesome. So, yeah. So we talked about a little bit about, you know, G- general, general folks, um, nutrition, and then a lot of nutrition, um, a lot of stuff to, to unpack there if you're listening and, you know, different aspects of it. The moral of the story is you're probably not eating enough. Right. That, and <laughs> that's the majority of people. Yes. Yeah. The majority of people, you're probably not eating enough either to lose weight, which sounds contradictory. Right. Mm-hmm. And also not to recover from your high intensity activities. So if you are perform, if you are at a CrossFit style gym or a high intensity training style gym, there's a good chance you're not eating enough to uh, combat some of that high intensity work. So you can recover appropriately either to come back tomorrow or to actually gain the benefits from that training experience. Exactly. And then in terms of training, we didn't talk about it at all, but like mm-hmm. we, we, well, we talked about it a little bit, we kept touching on it, but Jamie is a high level, uh, competitive fitness CrossFit athlete. And, um, let's just go through a day or like, what's your kind of, uh, you say you only work out an hour a day and you like your nutrition's about 3000 calories. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is that looking for looking like for you right now? Are you still, um, training to be competitive to go to the the CrossFit games or whatever that's going to look like in the future? Or are you kind of just doing it for recreational, like a high level local competition type thing, or are we still going for high level stuff? No, we're still, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'll ever not want to be competitive. Um, I think that once I found CrossFit, it was one, it was the missing piece that I lost when I was not on teams anymore. Um, it was that community. So I love being a part of that. And I love, I love competing. Uh, no one pays me to compete. So I don't really, um, I'm not like stressed to compete. It's actually something that's fun for me. So, I mean, I was supposed to compete at TFX in Austin. Uh, I actually won the qualifier and I was in first place going in. Um, but I, I got food poisoning the night I got down there. Mm. Uh, so I had to withdraw. Um, so that, and that was 35 to 39. This is my last year at 35 to 39. So I, I age up next year. Uh-oh. So I got a chance then. I got a chance. I got one more. There you go. You got a year. 
I'll tell you what people are like, Oh, I get to be a master's. I'm like, it's not easier. It is not. It is not. I thought I was going to my first year in and I had a pretty good, I think that was the, one of the years that I was, you know, I was, we were sending scores back and forth and I was doing fairly well. But then I was looking at some of the other people who were in the, the division. I was like, geez, these guys are freaking good. It was that, that 800 double under workout. Yeah. I think I, I might've got you on that one. Maybe that was the only workout I think I might've ever beat you on. Uh, you got me though. That was a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was the, these, you know, like you said, like it's once you're a master's athlete, it's, it doesn't become, it doesn't become easier for sure. Nothing. I mean, let's, let's be honest in competition. Nothing is real. If you want to be great at something, nothing is ever easy. No, no. I mean, like one of the guys I work with now, um, is like my main, one of my main competitors, Nick, your anchor. Uh, and he, the year before he won the 35 to 39, he was actually at the regular CrossFit games. So like, that's, that's what you have to compete with. It's the guys that are aging up with you. I mean, everyone gets older. I mean, crap. Rich is like 33. I mean, he's going to be a master's athlete in two years. Yeah. So that's good luck to all the master's athletes. If he decides to compete. Yeah. And and that's the, you know, the funny part about some of this is in how big, and I think we talked about a little bit getting injured and different things like that, like how, how big some of these other things play into the, into it. Mm -hmm. So like one of the keys to having longevity in any sport is staying healthy Mm -hmm. and how big of a role, like some of those lifestyle things that Jamie had talked about in the beginning, you know, just like nutrition, sleep, hydration, Mm -hmm. and like those other things that don't actually happen in the gym necessarily. Oh yeah. Um, so then being able to maximize those things are going to help your, help your performance is going to keep you healthier, right. Mm-hmm. Preventing you from getting any like little, you know, cause the more my muscles and my, my connective tissue and all that stuff can recover, the better it can recover, the better off I am. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be able to perform better and all that, that sort of stuff that goes along with it. Absolutely. Um, let me see anything else. Nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. I think we're good. You got anything that, you, that you'd like to talk about that we didn't hit on? No, man, I'm, I'm just, uh, I really appreciate you having me on and, uh, it's good to catch up with you. I know we, we talk back and forth here and there, but you know, it's nice to actually catch up. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to find all the, all the old, uh, IC bombers who are doing great things in the fitness and health industry right now and, and reaching out to all of them. Huh? You're going to get Ryan Steenberg on here? I could get Berg on here. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear him. I, I mean, he came to my wedding and he's, he's just, he's just a great guy. Yeah. So I'd love to hear him on here. So if you get a chance to do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's so many of us from, even from just our, our little time there Yeah. who are like all over doing like pretty cool things. And I I know like Nate Thomas, he was a basketball player there. He was in my phys ed program. He owns a CrossFit gym out in like Western New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember Nate? He was a little, little basketball guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he owns a gym, you know, so there's like so many guys out there who are doing just like awesome stuff that it'd be really cool to catch up with all those guys and and see where everyone's at, see what we're doing. And I'm sure everybody, you know, everyone has their own unique perspective on things and we all kind of found our way Mm -hmm. a little differently. Like your, your main jam is like nutrition and you've been doing it for a long time, but yeah, you do all the other things as well, but helping all the people through nutrition, like, and like we all have our, our own little things that based off our history, based off of whatever, have kind of, we found our way with one, one of these things that fall into this category. Absolutely. You know, like Jay Todd, like we were talking about, his is helping people get out of injury and pain and, and that sort of thing. And like, you and know, we fixed, have all, he fixed me. Yeah. 
my shoulder right? wrecked and he yeah. fixed, like i don't he did like three things he's like hey just keep doing this and i'm like oh my god i can actually put my arm over my head <laughs> yeah i'm getting them on man i told i told jeremy i was just texting him yesterday we're shooting for next next tuesday so i'm gonna try to get him on next week and chat him up for a little bit and talk all things injury related yeah yeah, so it was great to like catch up with catch up with guys and like you know we have like I said we talked we 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 went down to Nashville a couple of years ago with the family and we we caught up we caught a couple of workouts together. Um, it's great, always great to catch up and, and hang out and get to chat for a little bit. So before we go, where, where can people find those Tasty Tuesdays and all that that sort of stuff? I know you put out some information. Um, definitely not uh, the sex the sexy sexy shirt off type stuff, but there's definitely yeah. educational information if you follow Jamie on his on his Instagram. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, take my shirt off kind of guy. So um, they're very rare if you see them. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram at 27 Health and Wellness. Uh, or that's with two, the number 27, uh, which yeah. was my college football number. Yeah. Uh, and then on Facebook, I guess would be the only other place. I don't I don't really have a lot of I'm not a big social media dude. So yeah. I, I try to put something out five days a week and then I leave the weekends for my wife. Nice. Outstanding. So Jamie, like I said, Jamie has his, has an Instagram where she does post. You post at least one a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got some information out there. Uh, so at the number two, the number seven health and wellness, um, yep. and you'll find him there posting some great stuff and keeping people healthy, you know, one day at a time. And uh, this is us just kind of trying to help you, you know, what, what our theme is, is to find your prime. And that's just like living your best life through health, wellness and, and staying healthy. And this is just another step in that direction. So thanks again for having and I uh, appreciate you and we'll, we'll catch up soon. Thanks a lot, brother. All right. Bye. Thank you again for joining us for the prime podcast and special shout out to Jamie free for hanging out with us and hitting us with all things, nutrition, health and wellness related. Remember all these things that we're trying to do here is trying to help you find your prime and nutrition and lifestyle habits are going to be one of the biggest catalysts, as you heard Jamie talk, to the fastest and the longest results. Keep working hard. Keep striving to find your prime. And we'd love it if you would leave us some feedback and a review. Keep it going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.